Oh my god, your hair is like ever so slightly sleepaway campy. Well, no, I'm doing a. I've got my color coordinated flower here, Andrew. Of course, of course. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Obviously. Obviously. Someone had to be yellow. Come on. I mean, it's not usually <laughs> my color, but come on. Cheers. Welcome, Welcome to, to movie, movie bitches. bitches. Oh my gosh. I have to cover this for the opening of the video so that we don't get flagged for advertising. Retroview episode 48. Tonight we're reviewing Love's Labor's Lost. Love's I Labor's Lost. I keep forgetting the title of this movie and I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you know, Shakespeare's famous comedy of farcical airs and whimsies. <laughs> yeah. First things first, shout out to our wine sponsor, Wink. Go to trywink.com slash moviebitches. You get $22 off your first month of wine. Thank you. You have to do the hand motions for me until I can stop holding my tip. Second thing second, make sure to subscribe and share. Oh, thank you. Third things third, shout out to our Patreon supporters. $5 a month or more gets you early access. $10 gets you access to our viewing parties. This one was a doozy. Well, yeah, people are always commenting that they love that even though we're separated, our reactions are the same to things. And this one's going to be fun because it's the opposite. I think so. I love this mm. movie. Unabashedly, I understand that it is not good. I understand that fact. Okay. Okay, good. I'm not under the misconception that this movie sh is or should be anything that it isn't. But do I love it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Andrew I had am... a very different reaction. Hmm. I really did. In fact, I, can't I said believe this it. I a can't. couple times. I can't believe April. it. It's, it's, it's so earnestly stupid and cheesy. And it's just is. It just is what it is. It's very much, yes. there's no, there aren't deeper things happening, Andrew. It's just oh, no. this. And it's, it's delightful. And yet there's like five things happening in this movie, if not 12 different movies in one. It's like crazy. So, okay. Backstory okay. to the backstory before I tear this movie to shreds. Shreds! Come on now! Shreds! Shreds! So to continue our summer camp series, if you, you might have noticed. Um, yes. Really, I'm really quite obsessed with this uh, it's design. It's so cute. It's so incredibly cute. They're available at moviebitches.threadless.com. But uh, yes, to continue our summer camp theme, I uh, made Andrew watch another one of my favorite campy movies. This one falls into simultaneously aware and completely unaware camp, uh, paralleled with each other uh, in a in a disastrous flop yeah. that I uh, can't help or deny that I absolutely love watching. So I'll start by saying, at the end of this movie, I had a realization and I said, did Kenneth Branagh make this movie for me and me alone? I am under the suspicion that might be true. I don't know. No, um, he definitely made it for himself. That oh, is. Well, I mean, the hubris always. I am, I am somehow delighted by Kenneth Branagh's hubris where other people find it obnoxious and off-putting. I, I find it so delightfully insane it's insane and i find it hilarious there were yes! so many shots yes! of just him gleefully like 
And I was just like, this is just him adoring his own work. He's like, oh, ha oh. my directorial choices. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, so yes, if there was a checklist or Venn diagram of things that were catnip for Avril when she was 14, it's this movie. Kenneth Branagh, nice. 1930s musicals, old standards, 40s clothes, Nathan Lane, almost OCD level color coordinated matching outfits so um pleasing and relaxing you know like how uh, a heist a good heist movie we have to do these eight things and then they do them all and it's it's so like oh <laughs> yes you did it um that's how i feel about the costume design in this movie yes oh my God. <laughs> that's so funny literally uh, uh checklist bit by bit of just every single thing i was nerdily obsessed with as a 14 yeah. year old, the only thing that would have made it better uh, or, more, or rather more tailored for me, I mean, maybe this would have put it over the edge if their sassy gay friend, who we'll talk about, was played by Richard E. Grant. Forget about it. I think my head might explode. <laughs> it would be too much. But can't you see him in that part? Sorry. So anyway, so that's my experience with this movie. Uh, I watched it, uh, I couldn't tell you how many times, on the soundtrack, uh, was singing along during the viewing party. Charleston, 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 will you? Knew all the words. I mean, they're all well, standards, sure. but like, yeah. these versions. Oh, it was no, deep. really. My love for this movie runs wow. deep. Averill, that shocks me. Yeah. I guess, I think it's that personal attachment that you had yeah. seen it as a, a young girl. I kept wanting to show you this movie because I genuinely could not figure out if I was wearing rose-colored glasses or if it was awful. Uh, I still love it, uh, but I Both under are true, actually. Yes. You are wearing rose-colored glasses, colored glasses, <laughs> and it is awful. Awful? Uh, yes, I, I had, it's awful. I had a, I had a shit-eating grin across my face through the entire movie. Just delighted with how stupid it is, how cheesy, how, how um, Alicia Silverstone is playing the princess of France. I'm the daughter of the king of France. The daughter of the king of France. <laughs> serious business. That's me, the daughter of the king of France in 1930. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone, oh my God. I, at a certain point, I was just watching her reactions. Oh, they're because so Because she does so, so much. At a certain point, she's like at a table or something, and she, she starts flailing her arms. Avant! Perplexity! What shall we do if they return in their own shapes to woo? And I was just like, what? <laughs> From which lord to which lady? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. From which lord to which lady? From my lord Perone, a good master of mine, to a lady of France that he called... <laughs> I think my face for most of this was just at a certain point through this movie I would bet easily $20 that Damien Chazelle Shut has up! watched this movie <laughs> a million times because it was giving me such La La Land vibes so I don't I hear you I see you I thought about it I'm not gonna okay. lie. But the difference for me is this movie was in no way well received or given kudos it didn't deserve and nominated for Oscars. 
and didn't claim to be art on like a, I mean, maybe Kenneth Branagh thought it was, but it wasn't claiming to be artsy and, you know, like, let's give them some Oscars. So I think that's the difference for me. I also feel like somehow for me, this movie feels very earnest, even though, um, I mean, Kenneth Branagh is like his own category of like, he's oh separate, God. but like Matthew Lillard's baby face trying to act and say Shakespeare is so delightfully terrible to me that I'm having the best time. I am resolved. The mind shall banquet, though the body pine. Like I'm, I'm loving how bad it is. Like I understand it's not good, Andrew. I get it. <laughs> no, it was terrible. But I, I just had. He was so bad. Alicia Silverstone doing bad Shakespeare. I was it's like, someone. Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, I had the best time. But pardon me, I am too sudden bold to teach a teacher ill beseemeth me. Oh my God! I think Brian and my reaction when they just float into the air in this planetarium oh, that mind I, you again speaking of all the land same fun. scene yeah um i uh i i forgot that happened please with <gasps> oh <my God>. <laughs> 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 we were literally just like oh ah! well cuz i'll say this too again <laughs> i i understand the comparison to all the land this entire mm -hmm. movie is a fantasy, magically surreal, like it never claimed to be, uh, you know, trying to make you feel like have a real deep and like it wasn't right. Emma Stone's plight of her art, you know, her art and trying to be an actress. And let's really right. talk about how jazz needs to be said. You know, it was purely a Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire, Shakespeare, mm -hmm. I don't know, parody. Lend, sending loving send up loving loving send just, up it just loved those movies so much and it was yeah. so just like cheesy and campy and delightfully over the top that i wasn't mad at it because it started in one place and maybe it got a little crazier but it was never trying to be what it wasn't well right i guess for me i fully agree and i appreciate the intent there i think where i really got frustrated was with two big things. One, first and foremost, the worst thing about this movie for me was the camera work. Oh my God, it's so- Or lack um, thereof. It's so, I think he was, I think that's on purpose. I'm not trying to defend yes. it. I think they are actively trying to be like, well, in the 1930s, they couldn't be steady camming around. Let's use old timey cameras. Like I think that I'm, I would not put a pass in it for now, honestly. Sure. I read it more as like, a filming of a stage play. For me, it felt like that too. it was like, you know, oh, here, this is the staged version of Shakespeare's play. And now we're just going to slowly zoom in and out. Does it count as a wonder if the camera doesn't move? Sure. I mean, is it just a long scene? I don't know. <laughs> this movie really um, just tickles that part of my OCD where it's, everything is even. I don't even have OCD that bad, but there's something and there's, there's three girls and it's very chipmunks, right? There's three girls and they right. wear these colors and there's three boys and they wear those colors. And then we're going to show close up of him and he likes her. And we're going to show up a close up of him and he likes her and close up of it. And like, oh, uh, uh. Actually, there's four. What am I saying? Three. There are four. I went to chipmunks. I went to chipmunks. So there's something like, I think, gleefully simplistic about 
this movie that just it's like oh that was so nice Sure. Well, so the other thing for me, I think that hindered that feeling for me was the the pacing because I found myself getting so bored, just like, oh, I wanted to crawl out of my skin whenever they would go into these long Shakespearean monologues and they were so bad at it. And I was like, I don't think you know what you're saying, but okay, here we are. It's a mixed bag. With like, because the acting levels are really disparate, right? We've got yes. Kenneth Brenner who you're like, yeah, I definitely fully understand what you're saying. And you're, for me at least. And I feel like yeah. Ros- Rosaline, his girl, the blue girl. Right. Uh, she yeah. she was pretty good. Like she, she kind of gets it. Yep. You know, and, Emily and then, Mortimer was pretty good. She's pretty good. Clearly the worst dancer. Um, yes. They're always like, Again, some Finn. of the choreography was like, Brian Finn. called it middle school level, where it was just Finn. like, da da da, ba da 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 It was like yeah. really basic. Yes. <laughs> I'm your big and brave and handsome Romeo. But it's not getting nominated for choreography Oscars. You know, that's, I think, where I, guess, I get so mad about it, where I'm like, it's, well, right. um, it is what it is, I guess. I guess, but for me, again, the same critique of La La Land applies to this. Why not hire people that can dance? I finished this movie and then immediately put on Astaire Rogers. I think the answer is Kenneth Branagh. He needed to be at this level because he had to be in the movie and be right. the wittiest, most well-written, you know. <laughs> um, and Twice everyone... the age of all of these other people. <laughs> that should just be the hallmark of 90s Kenneth Brenna movies. Too old for the part, but he did it anyway. <laughs> he did it anyway. You know, it's like the... <laughs> Hamlet at 35. You know, sure. Uh, you know, Victor Frankenstein at 37 or, or whatever. Well, I'm sure we can. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. it's so hilarious, particularly with how they set it up with the simplicity of like, everyone's always standing in rows next to each other and like lined up in perfect symmetry, which I really enjoyed. And he's so old. He's so this... much older than everyone. Uh, and, and I thought at a certain point, I was like, oh, it really would have made more sense or a little more sense if he was the king. Cause okay, he's the king, he's like older. Right. Here's his kind of, you know, student, but like the king isn't as good of a part, so. Right, of course he had to have yeah. the one. Yeah. Now here's a question that I I, I thought of at the end and I, I had to try and figure out and I still don't have an answer. They're at war, <laughs> but the king has which, decided. Which king? The king of Navarre? Yeah, the King of Navarre, not the King of France. Great, just clearing it up. They're at war, and the king has decided, I'm going to take three years <laughs> in my castle to study and not talk to women. This really stood out to me as well this time. I think what they kind of tried to imply with the newsreel at the beginning is that he was in service, like he was mm. in the service, and war was looming. Ominous clouds of war may be gathering over Europe, but here in Navarre, the young king, seen here returning from military maneuvers, has announced an audacious plan for himself and his court. And so I think he was like, before I have to go to war, I'm gonna do this massive study where I, you wouldn't uh, set your eyes on a woman or your her tongue be cut out. I mean, it was like so insane. 
No woman shall come within a mile of my court. Hath this been proclaimed? Four days ago. Let's see the penalty on pain of losing her tongue. <laughs> it was. And Matthew Lillard, we can get into him because he clearly has bodies in the basement. Um, when he's just like, I mean, he's crazy, right? They're like, oh, who came up with this punishment that a woman, she comes within oh, yeah. a mile of, of my court should have her, her tongue cut out? That was me. He's like gleefully like, <laughs> Who devised this penalty? Mary, that did I. Sweet Lord, and why? Well, to fright them hence with the dread penalty. I did that one. That was me. Don't you love it? Oh, my God. Oh, wait. So we should probably explain a bit what yes. the plot is. Okay. Love's yes. labor is lost. Kenneth Branagh decided to take a, a not well-known Shakespeare comedy farce, comedy bears, uh, and apply... Uh, 1930s and a little bit of 40s uh, standards to it and make it a, a, a Stair Rogers musical times four quadruplets. Uh, right. And it's, it's uh, you know, oh boy, there's so much going on and yet nothing happens. But also, it, well, yes. Okay, here, it's great. I want to talk about that. Put a pin in that. I really, I have thoughts. Okay. But the, the thing is, when you say, oh, he wants to turn it into a Stair Rogers musical, I didn't realize it's literally a oh, yeah. jukebox musical. I mean, it's, it is a jukebox musical of old standards of Irving Berlin, Cole Porter, Jerome Kern, yep. all of the greats, Gershwin. They're all in there. And yep. I was like, how much goddamn money did they spend on the music rights for this movie, by the way? Well, in 2000, I would think that the rights for the music would be available. And oh, perhaps. they didn't use the original singers they sang. So, like, oh, boy, did they sing? I would think. Did they sing? Most of them. Sing. Oh my God! There was a a part where I was like, "I'm sorry, is this supposed to be Alicia Silverstone?" Because <laughs> no, they did all sing their own parts. I mean, they might have punched it up, but that was like a thing. I wake up every morning with a smile on my face. So famous old standards. Uh, it'll be a jarring tonal shifts where they're speaking in iambic pentameter, and then. I'd rather Charleston. I'd rather Charleston. Oh my God. Oh, there's their ties as bells. That was a really important moment in fashion for me that they wore their ties. Oh, the ties as bells. As a belt. I really, I started doing it. I still think it's a great look. I'm still a fan. Yeah, you rock it. I've seen you rock that. That was a that was a seminal moment in my fashion. Studies or whatever you want to call it. Oh, right. So <laughs> the King of Navarre has proclaimed that he and his three uh, subjects are going to study for three years, only eat one meal a day, fast, uh, not sleep but more than three hours, uh, never yeah. not see a woman, not lay his eyes on a woman, unless of necessity. Right. They get to the bottom of that. All of these rules. And within uh, 12 hours, that's being, that's being generous. They're all yep. in love. He, he, and you, in you, my liege, and I, are pick purses in love. <laughs> with women. Gave it up. Just to be clear, with they are in love with women. <laughs> right, they're you not know, in love with each other. That could have been, you know, that could have been uh, a workaround, let's say. Yeah, I was like, no, aside from no this women. eating thing, this pact would work fine for me. Right. Well, sleeping three hours, I think I would... No, that wouldn't work either. I would go insane. But so that's the basic crux of it. The, the, the daughter of the King of France. Tell him the daughter of the King of France. And her ladies and Wade come and they all fall in love. Hijinks ensue. That's the plot. Yeah. But let's get into it. My second biggest problem was the pacing. Yeah. Because like you said, 
so much happens and nothing happens. The Kenneth Brennan-ness, uh, like, affected the pacing so much. What, his directing and... Yes. Okay, I was just wondering, because, like, I don't think... I don't know if that's the Kenneth Brennan-ness so much as he took two genres that shouldn't coexist. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's his... I mean, it's his fault for, like, you know, producing and writing the script and, like, planning it. But I don't know if it was ever going to work or if there's a way for it to work. That's all I'll well, say. Well, sure. However, so here's a couple interesting things that Brian and I noticed. And we created a theory in the viewing party. So, okay. See, you, had, first off, you had so much fun watching it. Look at this deep dive. Well, I think yeah, we were so bored that we were trying to, to figure it out. I was like, but, ooh, look at the hats. And, ooh, course. look at those lanterns. Oh, they're coming in on boats from France. What's this about? In this like moat, these okay. like orientalist boats. And yeah, I was it's just like, like what? Phantom of the Opera, you know, like, okay, yes. what's <laughs> We noticed like it's a Miramax movie produced by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. But one of the things that he's notorious for, it's 93 minutes. <laughs> Brian and I think that when Kenneth Brenner delivered this film, it was maybe two and a half hours long. And they had filmed all of the scenes that they then condensed into those little newsreel, you know, moments. I mean, that's a nice theory. Maybe that's the case. I think, because the voiceover for the newsreels is Kenneth Brenner, so it wasn't done under duress. Boldest of all, perhaps, is the king's absolute insistence that no women will be allowed inside the court. Sorry, ladies, but he is the king. Well, I mean... I mean, it could have been. It, it could have been Harrison Ford's voiceover for Blade Runner. We don't know. They don't advertise for killers in a newspaper. That was my profession. Ex-cop. Ex-Blade Runner. They said something like, uh, they had to cut two-thirds of Shakespeare's dialogue from the play to fit in the 10 musical numbers. And I was like, you know what? I'm not mad at it. Cause honestly, you know, I mean, as like a, as like a child, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, I'm catching most of what they're saying and I'm a pentameter. So smart, look at me. I understand what's happening. Oh, I'm getting a little bored. Oh, musical number, you know? So I don't know, like it's, it's not well paced, but I will say that every time you're sort of losing it, Musical number. That is true. That's fair. <laughs> but Matthew Lillard. Okay, so we got to break it down. I don't know. Kenneth Branagh likes to do this. Because like, like much ado about nothing, right? right? All of the best actors he can find for Shakespeare and Keanu Reeves. Um... I had rather be a canker in a hedge than a rose in his grace. You know? I got a lot of Keanu Reeves doing Shakespeare vibes from the cast oh, of this. Yeah, it was so good. Remember when he rubbed that loaf of bread like a dick? That happened. Wait, okay. That Can was, we talk yeah. about... Boyer? About their sassy gay friend? I want to talk about it! I'll give you Aquitaine and all that is his, and you give him for my sake but one loving kiss. <laughs> yes, there's, okay, so there's a few things that we have to talk about. One, their sassy gay friend. Two, the... Spanish guy? <laughs> Timothy Spall the was doing everything that ever existed <laughs> under the sun. A female, or for the most sweet understanding, <laughs> a woman. Ooh. 
There's also a lot of vaudeville in this movie. Uh, we're talking about Nathan Lane. I mean, we could talk for the rest of this episode about Nathan Lane. Why do you think I saw this movie to begin with? What? Nathan Lane's in it. Nathan Lane is in a film? I will rent it and then watch it several more times. <laughs> you can't deny it. Nathan Lane's nailing it, right? Like, he's so good in this. He's so good. Seen with her in the manor house, sitting with her upon the form, and taken following her into the park, which put together is in manner and form following. He's doing it. He knows what he's doing. In his number, when they're like dancing and everything, and he's just doing his shtick, I was like, yes, this is Nathan Lane. That's why he's Nathan Lane. Nowhere could you get that happy feeling. It was a lot, but you know, that was a choice. He was the clown. I get it. He was a vaudeville clown, you know. I have a letter. Oh. Whoa. But yeah, Don Armando. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my god, every choice. Every choice. Oh, and we have to talk about the woman. Woman. Jacquinetta? Loved her. She's she was... fucking fabulous. <laughs> yeah, she was giving me some like Tilda Swinton vibes too. And I was like, mm-hmm, here for this. Yeah, Love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. But then, no, the last thing we have to talk about, I mean, those are things we will get to. We will talk about it. But also, we have to talk about the part where I died laughing so hard at it with at, it at, at at the all what of, the fuckness of it all of the things okay great because i had i was laughing fairly consistently throughout because i was having a great time well this was a particular moment which was my electrocuted washing machine moment <laughs> the sheep fell over? <laughs> yes! What the actual fuck? Ajax. <laughs> it kills sheep. That's what I mean about like how the, the whole movie is like magically surreal and absurd. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's that the whole time. I mean, it's to varying degrees, but it's, yeah. it's insane from inception like yes. it was it was yes. always insane it continued to be insane it was released it was insane like so that's why i can't necessarily be mad at it sure but that sheep sure. oh to kill me i that whole scene in the library with the, i've got a crush on you that is gold oh my god i i i'll defend that scene when he's hiding under the table with the little tree and oh no one can see him and then the other guy is just at, at the door, but I don't see him. I'm just going to dance around. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so stupid. Oh, my I God. With oh, that Shakespeare line, oh, I'm just in the bushes. And I was like, what is actually happening? As his, your case is such. You chided him offending twice as much. I have been closely shrouded in this bush. I really do get tickled pink by broad visual humor. It just really, uh, the absurdity of him, but you know, oh, I'm behind this little bush, you know, and, and no one, so no one, <laughs> that was very airplane to me. Like that was very. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. I can't, yeah, it, it's, 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 um, um. Uh... Look, it doesn't work. It's, it's, it's a bad movie. I enjoy watching it. It's like, it's like you literally, if you watch Much Ado About Nothing, that's the perfect, mm -hmm. most amazing version of this movie like the scene where Kenneth Brenner can't get that broken chair and he's he's eavesdropping on them in much ado that's the scene done well 
I cannot deny that, yes, I laughed so incredibly hard when that sheep got vertigo and... Oh, it sheep. What? Died, I think. But also it turned into a, a fake sheep. Um, it just straight up turned into like a, a paper mache sheep. And I, and I just love it. By this light. I was dead. I was just like, what is actually going on? I tell you, it was my washing machine in the thunderstorm moment. So I just was um, like... you're welcome for the laughter then. You're welcome. So yeah. So should we talk about their sassy gay friend, Boyer? Yes. Yes. Oh. What, what, what are you doing? She is waiting in her bed to be murdered by her husband. This fate could have been avoided if she had a sassy gay friend. What are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? Well, why do you think it all worked out? I mean, he died, which was, I was bummed about. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, the sassy gay friend, he was right there. To, I mean, it was literally like, I'm your sassy gay friend. I'm going to give you advice about how not to get trapped in this, yep. you know, uh, tragedy. And this, oh, this one's gonna be a comedy. It was great. He just shows up yeah. to be sassy. Loved it. When he like has that wistful moment to himself about like, they're too hard for you or, or something like that. It was, you are too hard for me. <laughs> just wistfully, hmm, yes. It was like a long pause and then he, Oh my god, walked it was the of, longest. They walked pass. out of out of frame. So yeah, we're gradually introduced to all of these archetypal characters. My favorite of which being Nathan Lane, of course, uh, as the clown coast the great co-starred. He's doing so many things. So many. Things. That, I mean, that's there what were I'll so say. many choices made in this movie. That's what I, I like a movie that's making choices, right? They made strong choices. They stuck to them. They released this fucking movie. They, it was, there were a lot of strong and wrong choices, but at least they were strong. Safe and boring is boring. Yeah. At least strong and wrong can be very fascinating to watch. I mean. It kills sheep. I mean, the whole movie looks like a soundstage, which on some yeah. level I enjoy. And that I think was a yeah. choice that they made because yeah. all the Dare Roger movies were on soundstages. So there are choices that are being made that, that failed and don't work, but, but they were there for a reason, I guess is what I'd say. Yes. I don't hate the idea. It was just shocking to me, like, again, that... At the end, I literally turned it off and went down a rabbit hole of like, okay, now I'm gonna go watch a bunch of Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers numbers on YouTube because there was so much more like life in those that this didn't seem to somehow capture. There well, was like, I mean, the um, joy was missing. I'll disagree with the joy, the talent. I yes. Undeniable <laughs> okay. is missing. Um, and again, the filmmaking, but the, the camera the, um, work. The joy and the earnestness of a middle schooler who just got cast in his first, like, that's what I feel. And and something about that is like a, a warm sweater to me, which is the, the glee of like, I'm dancing for the first time. Look at me, mom, look at me. 
uh, there's something I find enjoyable about that. But once Good. again, I'll say you're welcome for sending you down that rabbit hole because I'm sure it was lovely. Sure, it was lovely. Also, the set pieces, I mean, I they mean, spared no expense. Honestly, though, I do want to talk about, I think the most upsetting thing in the movie, even more than the illusion that Don Armando was in a concentration camp and Jack Juanetta was left alone with his uh, baby that uh, to presume they're married, but she's destitute. Even more disturbing than that. I think I missed that. During the news footage at the end, there's like a sad shot of, of Don Armando being carted onto a truck and there's like barbed wire in the foreground and he's mournfully looking on. And then Jack Winetta's oh, in the God. foreground with a baby and her hair is all cut off. And I was like, this went dark. This was, um, yeah. this went to a different place. But yeah, the end really did. Even more upsetting than that. Uh-huh. This sentient teddy bear that Alicia Silverstone is holding before they sing the song, before the synchronized swimming number. Did you miss this? Did it move? It's fucking eyeballs, which have lashes, open up when her eyes open up. And then there's like a creepy baby noise. It's like, like that baby noise, like laughy baby noise. Oh, it was so terrifying, Andrew. So that is. They're also all. I missed that. They're all. They're all sleeping like vampires. Um, four squared, head to head, and um, that whole scene. I, I mean, I could talk about it for an hour. It was very upsetting, and there was again strong choices. Strong choices yeah. were made. But no, the the teddy yep. bear's eyes. Um opened when she awoke so are they connected in some sort of spiritual way it's like what we do in the shadows where she has a <gasps> doll of her <laughs> love that love that yes that's her other being that's her um i love that though i mean they were sleeping like vampires so yes i mean she was practicing for vamps oh boy whoa right because um then inexplicably alicia silverstone uh, sings in an English accent. I wake up every morning with a smile on my face. Which I found uh, confusing. Well, because she's the, the princess of France. I am the princess also... of France. I am the princess of France. I can't even do it justice. It was so funny. I laughed so fucking hard. I mean, and no yeah. one's even trying for a French accent. It's just no. Like they might as well have just made up a fake other kingdom, another different country. Yeah, because France in World War Two. I mean, yikes! There's a that's a sticky, complicated situation that they wrapped it up. It really was in maybe forty five seconds at the end of the movie, and I was like, well, that's um really glossed over a lot of that, but everything's fine. <laughs> what? Well, it doesn't make any sense. France, I mean, obviously, like we said, it's a fantasy, et cetera, et cetera. But then again, like you said, why have it be France? It could just be anywhere. It I could think, be Genovia. I don't fucking care. I think in the play it's France, and that is why. <laughs> yes. That would be my guess. Oh, and, you know, then uh, uh, Esther Williams-style synchronized swimming. I mean, that's a, that's a box in itself. That's a yep. category to be checked off. On the Averill checklist alone. Oh That's its own yeah. box. Synchronized no swimming. No ice skating. No ice skating, but I feel like it's give or take. Either have the synchronized swimming. Yeah. Or yeah. if you have both, 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say no, but maybe it's a little too much. I was bummed again with the camera work. They did this like, you know, zoom out of like, oh, here's all the red and the yellow and the blue and the green, you know, whatever, this aerial whole thing. And it, they were on it for like five seconds. And I was like, oh, why didn't we do more of this? There was a shot uh, when it was it was wide and it stayed fairly long. And it, it was like showing, you know, how Fred Astaire would show, they'd show the whole number so you could tell he was yes. actually dancing. Uh, they alluded to that subtly. Like there was a few times when it was like, oh, that, that was a longer shot than needed to be. And it was a big group number. I'm okay with it. No, I agree with that. For me, it was the Busby Berkeleyisms that didn't, Oh, sure. Get done justice. Sure, sure, I was sure, like, sure. You, you bothered to choreograph this. Why couldn't you film it better? Like, what's happening? But okay. Maybe they used old-timey cameras. Stanley Donnan had them in his basement, and they said, hey. <laughs> okay, so we have to talk That's about That's why this. he got the presented. We have to talk about that. So the, the movie starts, and it says, presented by Stanley Donnan and Martin Scorsese. Stanley Donnan obviously famously directed Singing in the Rain, Charade, uh, yep. a number of my favorite films. And obviously Martin Scorsese. So I was trying to figure it out because um, I was looking at, you know, IMDb, oh, this person, that person. They're not listed as producers. And so then I had to go down right. further into a rabbit hole. They're both listed, the greats, these Oscar winning, I mean, top tier, yeah. listed under miscellaneous crew as presented by in the US. What the fuck does that mean? They were like distributors for. But why? How? I, I honestly have no creative, idea. Creative consultant. I mean, I could see Stanley Donnan obviously being helpful. Martin Scorsese less so. I mean, he knows all about cinema history, but. But like, why? Why him for this? Speaking of, to change the subject completely, I'm really uh -huh. nervous about Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. I, I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be bad. I don't see how it could not be bad. Unfortunately, I agree. I feel like there's going to be way too much like random green screen and like it's not going to feel oh. gritty or real. Like I feel like it's not going to, you know, uh, uh, Scorsese's last decade of movies just have this weird. Spielberg's? Oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Spielberg's. Spielberg's last decade of movies just have this like fake mm -hmm. feeling that isn't. Mm -hmm a style it just seems like a way to not have to be in the field and and potentially to save money I, I don't know i really hope that they do some sort of stylized practical sets if cats can build giant freaking ass sets for their nonsense then steven spielberg can figure out uh, how to film on location in new york or i don't know some shit can you imagine a west side story directed by Bob Fosse. Ooh, <sighs> yes. Yes. I would enjoy that quite a bit. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, I digress. But it's funny because I was thinking about West Side Story because all of this movie reminded me of my film musicals class in college. But then also in that class, I wrote a paper comparing West Side Story and Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, um, I love that for you right by the way but i so mean then, for myself I was... as well i was um <laughs> i i was audibly sobbing by the end of romeo plus juliet when i saw it as a 
12 year old, 11 year old, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just one second <laughs> later, and they had to take it and she would have, he would have seen it, that they could have been together. So, anyway. <laughs> but I feel like, and I haven't watched it in a very long time. Oh, I feel 12 like 12 years Romeo or whatever. Plus, Romeo plus Juliet is also strong and wrong. Let's, let's, let's put that out there. Also strong and wrong, right? But I feel like it's better than this. I think that, like, Leonardo, like, the acting in terms of, like, modernizing Shakespeare was better than this? Than Alicia and and Matthew Lillard? Then I defy you, stars! For me, Romeo plus Juliet is trying to be so... Uh, o- emotional and and overwrought and melodramatic yeah. that it, it may yeah. actually be funnier than this film potentially. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. Oh, that soundtrack! Forget it. Oh my god. Played it out. Thought I was so yeah. cool. I listened to Radiohead, but only on the Romeo Plus Juliet soundtrack. Yeah, it was. It was that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. love slippers yeah. bus. I don't know if I agree with you on this one. Oh, it seems like you don't at all. And I can't really justify telling anyone to watch it, <laughs> except that I do just just unabashedly and gleefully enjoy it. It feels very similar to my reaction to Down With Love, which also felt like a film that was made directly for me. Did you see that? The like- I did, I remember enjoying it when I saw it the well, one that's, time. That's more your boxes being checked. Dorothy yes. Rock Hudson, you know, parody, send up, sure. loving, tribute, etc. But I, but I love these. See, for me, I'm. Well, no. So what I'm saying is the factors involved for me loving it are not just mm-hmm. Shakespeare, old musicals, but also Kenneth right. Branagh's hubris, Nathan Lane. Right. Uh, you know, there's like mitigating factors that are. I mean, I did get really giddy every time that Kenneth Branagh would just. There, there's something. Stare. There is something about it. It's. It's it's fascinating to watch, particularly when they were all in a row and he was just, uh, you know, like their older adult friend. It's just unexplained. It's like unaware yet also self-reflexive camp. You yes! know, you're just like, yes! he doesn't realize how campy and absurd all of this is. And yet somehow he is acknowledging all of everything that's happening. So you're... I mean, I've said before, and I'll say it again, Kenneth Branagh is camp. <laughs> I'll agree with you on, on, on this point. Um, the mm-hmm. worst part of the movie, just like the most embarrassing, was the tap dancing monologue. Have at you then, affections men at arms. Ooh, that one's stung. The, the, the like, iambic pentameter, like... I am the king of all the... Or whatever. It was so bad. And you could tell he spent so much time. Yep. I mean, it was a very simple tap, but you knew that to get the just right, and it was so bad. Consider what you first did swear unto. That was the worst part for me, where I went, oh, I'm, this is making me sad. I'm sad about yep. this. This makes yeah. me upset. But then, you know, uh, uh, they uh, fly into the air like they've drunk fizzy lifting drink in Willy Wonka. And um, 
float about because we're in heaven and we're dancing cheek to cheek. I mean, come on. I mean, oh my God. I'm telling you though, this was like, if La La Land didn't get inspired by this scene, then I don't know what's happening. Then I think that uh, Damien Chazelle should give uh, Kenneth Branagh his fucking Oscar for directing. He He won for (gasps) best director and I'm still mad about it. That's right. I will say too, the, the the first time that I said fuck you movie was when they did The Way You Look Tonight. Oh, and really? she's reading the letter and you look at the letter and the lyrics, like the lyrics of the song, fuck you movie. Well, and then like, the, the, um, on. the dancing in this number particularly was, I think bad on purpose. question mark when they do that that pose at the end with jack winetta i mean that's on purpose right like that was just i think so i think so i mean that's like undeniably comically bad so i can't imagine that they thought that looked good can we talk about this blues clues letter that they kept tossing around (laughs) well of course you know it's a shakespeare farce so we got to get our letters mixed up. Who's in love with who? Oh no, it was this. It was that. Oh, we didn't get. We didn't talk about. I get a kick out of you with Don Armando. I get no kick in a plane. I get oh, no boy. kick in a plane. And then he's like in a. You know, it's like raspberries. Raspberries. You know, old time and he's like, ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. That. I mean, it made me laugh. I can't. I get it. no kick from champagne or no cocaine and then the oh, he's like, like doing like, coke I never noticed that as a kid by the way I didn't get it clear to me you obviously don't adore me I'm cocaine oh my god his accent work and the, the, the I mean the, the mustache and the, the that was like sad, um, his sad clown face when Jack Winetta rejects him was upsetting. I was affected by his acting. It was so, I was so sad for him. This like weird baby man face with a, just the power of Timothy Spall, right? I mean, come on. I mean. So yes, all of the King's men and all of the princess of France's ladies have fallen in love with each other. And um, right. They're trading trinkets. I thought this was weird. Dumaine gives Emily Mortimer a glove. This glove. <laughs> yeah, I was confused by that too. This I... glove. And that's also the, the color that corresponds with everything she's been wearing. And then they all decide to switch. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a Shakespeare farce. But... The colors in the Shakespeare farce weren't there though. This was a filmmaking choice. Yes. That to me was just like, well, but then that ruins the farce of the oh we mistook our lovers because clearly they switched masks or the yellow mask goes with the yellow girl um, not with the green girl what are we talking about isn't that even more absurd i mean maybe maybe (laughs) i don't know even ooh, love this this was like uh you know what is it whoopi goldberg in in lion king uh do it again Mufasa, 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 Mufasa. it tingles me. Even their their martinis color coordinated to their loved it. It was it's very that it's that gift. Mufasa. It's like remember in Guys and Dolls 
how okay they're at the kit cat or the kitty the kitty cat club no the kit cat club is cabaret but it's like a i'm gonna tell you right now i haven't seen guys and dolls for probably 20 years <gasps> so one it's time to rewatch it and two no i don't remember agreed okay well anyway adelaide is doing a number at the club that she works at which is escaping me and there's all these chorus girls with her and they're all wearing very slightly varying degrees of pink and they mm. each have satin shoes that are perfectly dyed to the varying shades of pink. Mufasa. Mm. Oh. Love it. <laughs> 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 Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's get to this eyes wide shut orgy because. Oh my God. What? Okay. Yeah. This is not in Shakespeare or is it? Not in this one. Can't say. Haven't read the play. Don't know. They right. all, uh, their sassy gay friend comes to tell them the sweet god, the, the really hot god, mm -hmm. that the guys are going to show up in mass mm -hmm. and pretend like they're not them, so they're not breaking their, the proclamation of no women. And the girls decide they're going to, they don't know that we know, we know, we know, we know. They don't know that we know they know we know. So the girls are going to switch mass and then they just have like a free-for-all at some point everyone's touching everyone but there was a shot where uh one of the guys was just rubbing his own self getting in there you know <laughs> made me laugh everyone's like touching hey, other people this was a lot i didn't hate it it was a choice so yes yeah, so they go into the, it's like almost like a fantasy sequence because they've all yes. changed into different outfits the guys are wearing you know oh sleeveless <gasps> Oh, scandalous. Ooh. Yeah, they come back, all their hair is back to normal. They're all back in the clothes they were in before. I love that they just decided to be like, oh, yeah, a bunch of guys showed up and we dance fucked them. It's weird. But now yeah. you're here. Trim galants full of courtship and disdain. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the visors was it that you wore? What? Wing! What visors? I do like that fuckery, right? Like, oh, well, if you guys are trying to pretend, like, we're going to call you out. Oh, it wasn't you? Well, then I guess it wasn't you. Oh, yeah, we had, like, a, you know, dance orgy <laughs> ten minutes ago, but, like, you missed out. I don't know. Don't worry about it. Yeah, too bad you guys weren't there. <laughs> so then we get Nathan Lane's big show stopping there's no business like show business number i just love this as a kid it was like a, a little treat like oh i can't go see nathan lane on broadway and the producers because i don't i live across the country but but i could watch this <gasps> very exciting sure i was wondering so the king of navarre and the princess mm -hmm. of france mm -hmm. have fallen mm -hmm. in love maybe a sticky uh complicated political situation combining isn't that usually how marriages work well yeah but just combining those countries i feel like is well maybe not i thought that was the point you just know that was like out. how it used to go sure like the, I guess like I'm the queen of it. france would always marry like oh and then it was like oh then the princess of france married the king of england and then they you know it was yeah, like all that yeah. shit you're right i just i guess because it's like the 40s i have a different skew on it well right there was no king of france like that didn't it, it's nonsense but you just have to let it go the king, your father. Dead. This was also, I, for me, from a plot perspective, very confusing. Okay. Where it's just like this whole movie or Shakespearean play is, 
I'm going to arbitrarily set these rules around women and, you know, communicating, etc. And then promptly ignore them. Oh, absolutely. They immediately throw it out the window. Yeah. Then, right, so three years I'm going to study and whatever, not talk to women at all. Except now I fell in love with them and I the we same, have to be with them immediately. The same day that I signed the proclamation. Ah, crazy. Then, oh, we're in love now. Oh no, her dad died, so we all have to take a year apart? Well, I think that was her arbitrary rule. Like, she decided she needed... Well, and there is a thing about mourning, you know, you have to... A year sure. a year and a day, which is you know probably more prevalent in, like, Shakespeare time. So I think that was probably right. what was going on. It was like, oh, well, we have to... We're women. We have to be, like, widowed mourning for a period of time. Right. But also, she had to run the country? I would think, Presumably. I don't, and in the midst of war. I, it was, I was like, a lot has fallen on Alicia Silverstone, the queen of France's plate. Yes. A lot of responsibilities. A lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> yes, they all have a moment where they have to, we have to part, but in, in 12 months time, come back to me and we'll be in love. And I'm going to give you this task of, well, I mean, they really, it's obvious that like, in the play, I'm sure they each give a speech, but Kenneth mm. Brenner wrote and directed and starred and produced in this film. So he's the only one that really gets his speech with Rosaline at the end, which is fun. I will say that um, every time they kept saying the 12th month, I kept thinking the 12th night. And I was like, oh, that would be, anyway, doesn't matter. say something like, on the 12th celestial sign of the month of, it was something that was odd. And I was like, it, yes. Yes. Their stay until the 12 celestial signs have brought about the annual reckonings. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was vaguely witchy, and I got excited about it. It was astrological. I don't know. I enjoyed it. But, um, <laughs> you know, you can't take that away from me. And, I mean, in a moment of pure irony, having Matthew Lillard singing, The way you sing of key. The way you sing of key. Of key was so delightful to me. I was like, that was intentional, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you also laugh so hard when that fake plane was flying away with ever? Oh, oh, I laughed so hard. It looked so stupid. And then it was like, <laughs> shot of her in the window, shot of the guy she likes, shot of her in the window, shot of the guy she likes. Oh, we gotta do it all. We gotta do it all. Yep. Ooh, yep. satisfying. Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa. 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 <laughs> it tingles me. And then the skywriting. Can we oh my God. talk about the skywriting? But also, I remember being like, oh, it's so emotional. They have to say goodbye and the threat of war and her king, her dad is dead. What are they gonna do? They have to be apart. Oh, What's happening? They're flying around. You this way, us that way. <laughs> you that way. We this way. What the fuck was that, Andrew? I was really. I remember as a, as watching it as a teenager. I just remember being like, "What?" <laughs> Very dumb. <laughs> Do you know how much, I mean, I agree. I mean, I would like the idea of like the cutscenes 
you know, there was a scene where they all got airsick and vomited on each other because of all of the, I mean, that's not a plane oh you write sky <laughs> right. in. It's like a full plane. It's like a luxury liner. And you're, it was, what's yeah. happening? Yeah. Brian was waiting for them to get like shot down because it was like World <laughs> War II. And I was like, they're skywriting and they're going to draw a heart. And then it, it pulled out and I was like, oh, <laughs> this way. Us, that, Us, it was like, it's, that like way. it's like me, Tarzan, you, Jane. It's Ooh, very Jane. bad. It's very bad. <laughs> Just have it be a heart. That's dumb. But less dumb. Or a heart with right? an arrow through it. Arrow. Absolutely. Something, you know, because there was that arrow. He's talking about Ajax in the library. Ajax. That's the arrow that shot the chief? Question mark? Oh my god, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Just so out of nowhere. A lot of things in this movie that are out of nowhere, but that one is truly the most absurd. That's where it reached, like, Austin Land level of, like, wait, what, wait a minute, what's happening? What are you telling me? What movie is this? What's going on? <laughs> so stupid. So, yes, they fly away to France. Uh, they don't take the moat this time. <laughs> they had to get there quick. Her dad's they to, dead. They had to race to France before it was, uh, you know, uh, occupied by Germany, apparently. Because then we cut to this newsreel footage of both real war, like World War II footage, and then fake them in war footage. Now, presumably, more time has passed than the 12, the 12 celestial months that she asked them to wait for. <laughs> sure. Right, because they showed, they showed like Weird D-Day choice. and like all <laughs> sorts of stuff. I was so confused. I was like, wait, this can't have all just been in the one year that they were waiting to see each other again? What's going on? <laughs> Like, it was so bizarre. I didn't. I didn't know. I think um, that it was more than the celestial twelve months is my guess. <laughs> but they still loved each other, so they did it. But they are all in war. There you go. And there's horribly tragic things happening. Boyer dies yeah. Ros- in uh, Rosalind's uh, arms. Very sad. I was upset. Again, we talked about Timothy Spall going to the concentration camp? Question mark. And Jack Winetta being left alone. Custard is running away in the streets you know it was very sad and then it's all wrapped up in a two and a half minute montage of war and and we did it v it's v v day yeah and then it just ends i found that so confusing and also not very shakespearean comedy yes no i think they right? they'd given up at this point i mean they had to address this looming war well right. i mean i guess there must have been some allusion to a war in the play would be my guess. I'm sure. And they just decided but, that was the closest war to the time period of the songs they were using. But that they wanted to pick, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't I don't know. make sense. All's well that did not end well. I, it was like ooh. the accounting doesn't really add up at the end. Uh, <laughs> no. But well, the the king of France in 1930 April. I. It's like Charles de Gaulle shows up. <laughs> what? <laughs> so then, yes. We did it! Picture taken! Then it like bled into color. Right. And I was like... Because we had to see their colors one last time. It's the only thing that's identifiable about them. There's way too many main characters. So, anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry, but now I know at least. 
from like an outsider's now you know. perspective, I, I really couldn't tell if it was secretly great. Mm -hmm. No. A, a fun, bad movie that's silly and ridiculous or just bad. Um, I still find it very enjoyable. At least. I would say it's a solid mixture of, of the latter two. It definitely is not a masterpiece. I'm sorry to tell you. It's not a masterpiece, but just sort of like a, what's this? Ooh, I'm having a great time. I enjoyed this. In between, I enjoyed this craziness yeah. and, oh God, this is a horrible disaster. Not, not fully that. Yeah, Either, yeah. It's a mixture. It's a blend. A lot of things as, as I mean, if you go to like the genres, it's, you know, it's like it's comedy, it's yeah. horror, it's drama, it's Shakespeare, it's, it's what is it's everything. It's everything. There's so much to just dissect where you're just like, what? I mean, the, the choices, there's so many choices that you could really just examine. And like, again, this made me think of David Schmader's commentary in Showgirls, where it's like everyone was making exactly the wrong choice at every possible moment. And it doesn't have quite the density of failure that Showgirls does, right. but it's pretty close. It's pretty close, right? I mean, there's a lot to enjoy and there's a lot wrong. A lot. <laughs> and sometimes the, the lot wrong is what's enjoyable. Just watching the train wreck, you know? It's like, oh I boy. Did, I, had, I almost had an out-of-body experience of just like, this is insane. Like, I'm watching this I'm watching these actors try and do Shakespeare and they're terrible and they're also yeah. singing Cole Porter songs and it's terrible and I'm having the best time staring at this and just like delighting in the hubris. It's very much that. It's very, yes. Oh my God. Just the blank check that they gave Kenneth Branagh. Oh, I mean, honestly, I think they were just like, here, go. And then like, he came back and they were like, how do we fix this? It was like, like that. Shakespeare, Kenneth Branagh, the 90s, Miramax, that was gold. You know, and then it was like, oh, but also there was those other factors. Man, I wish <laughs> Richard E. Grant was in this movie. Oh, my God. So cheers. Oh, boy. Hopefully you at yes. least enjoyed us discussing it um, and maybe secretly enjoyed this movie. Tell us which camp you're in, mine or Averill's. <laughs> Are you in the tent with the synchronized swimming outside oh the God. castle tent? Or are you in the Navarre castle? No women allowed No women castle allowed tent. tent. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>